gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Oh, basking in the holiday joy. Hell yeah, baby. This is what we do. <laughs> this is how we do. Yeah. This gets me in the mood more than anything, I'll tell you. It's the best Christmas song we, ever. Yeah, we don't, we don't need snow. I just need some Run DMC, Christmas, and Hollis, and we're good to go for the holidays. <laughs> so uh, today is our, our big Christmas holiday extravaganza blowout event. Uh, put some other... Words you can um, throw in there. Awesomeness. Awesomeness giveaway day. There we go. I'll end it with that one. Uh, but we have a ton of really great beers. Uh, we're going to be talking with Northern Brewer a little bit later on, uh, going through some stuff with home brewing, and we have a huge, as I promised last week, I have a huge package for you. No, it's, it's huge, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a package. Yeah, if uh, you have a beer lover out there and you're trying to find something to get them, or you have numerous beer lovers in your life and you want to get some stuff for them, then this is one you're going to want to get because you're going to get enough stuff that you could basically host a small little uh, a beer yeah. party and have the glass work. Or if you're one of those people out there who just last minute didn't buy anything, and yeah. you're like, oh, yep. uh, let's let's push our luck yep. There here. you go. That's what you want to do. So we'll be giving that one away a little later, a little later on, but in the meantime, we have some really good beers. So I want to get into one of those first. Uh, the first one we have is from Deschutes, their Jubilee, a winter warmer, which is one of those styles that, you know, Matt and I talked last week about us not being huge fans of multi beers, and a lot of winter warmers can kind of go in that direction. For, you know, for uh, historic sake, but I really like Jubilee because it has enough cutting of the hops that it kind of thins it out that it's not super malty. And yeah, no, I mean, I like winter warmers for me is like almost like a um, hmm, like a Christmas uh, Christmas uh, Belgian beer with training wheels. Almost, that's kind of <laughs> how I view them. I, I dig them they, if they're done right. Like this one has been done, then it's fun. But sometimes it can get a little bit sideways. Yeah, it is a kind of difficult one if you're not, because uh, sometimes they go a little too heavy-handed. Because Yeah, they want to, you know, with the winter warmer, you want to be holiday-esque, so you throw in a ton of spices and that. Yeah. We've learned on here before, that can quickly ruin uh, a number of beers. Yeah, it's like almost some breweries have like a bunch of extra spices left over from pumpkin season. They go, hey, yeah. let's make a winter warmer. <laughs> These are going to go bad or we're going to dump it here. And that's kind of how they work with it. And uh, But no, this one's done very well. Uh, what's the ABV on it? I don't have it at the bottle in front like of me. It's and change, yeah, I want to say. Six point. Seven. There we go. There we go. And that voice is from Joe. Joe, I know. <laughs> Joe from NEPA Beer Review. Say hi, buddy. Hi. <laughs> Fresh from brewing school. I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about that. For we'll get into bit. all that once we get into homebrewing stuff. Ooh. But uh, no, they're they're uh, the shoots we've had on a really great brewery and put out some really great beers. They actually put out. I don't know how often they do. I know they did it last year, but they do like a big, huge version of this beer. Jubel. Yeah, which is absolutely incredible. Me and Joe reviewed that probably about two months ago, remember? Yeah, I do. That, it was, was, that was really good. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it, it's, it's, Pinot Noir barrels, I believe, they aged that in half oak, yeah, ha, yeah. half Pinot, and then like some base, and it's just, wow. It's it's incredible. It's almost, if you're a fan of Sam Adams Utopias, that's what I got. It was like almost a Sam Adams Utopias Jr. <laughs> like, that's kind of how it came across. It has all those like really subtle notes of like a nice cognac, but not as beefy and not going to completely you drink more than a yeah. couple of I, I mean, it's still like 10, 10 or 11%, somewhere around. I know it's double. But, yeah, it was um, bigger. I forget. Like I said, I had it. I picked it up um, when I was at, uh, coming back from Pittsburgh a couple months ago. I'm out in State College, they had it at Wegmans, believe it or not. And um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Probably might be the best. Uh, uh, Deschutes beer I've ever Yeah, had. they they I love their uh, barrel aged waxed sealed stuff. Like mm-hmm. they they were just a great brewery. And this is another really great beer. This is like a smaller one from them. And uh, but before we get into more, I'm gonna get into a little bit of beer news. There's not, you know, I kind of thought this week was gonna be super quiet. The only thing I was gonna hear was from George, who was out traveling, doing all the hitting up the breweries. That's usually where I hear about brewery stuff, whether I want to or not. Thanks, George. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, uh, they are. There's a buyout that happened this week, which was kind of surprising. Cause it's been two weeks. You know, it's been quiet. You didn't think anything else was happening. And all of a sudden, uh, another one was announced this week. Four Peaks out of New Mexico or Arizona. Arizona. Uh, AB InBev picked them up. It's been an interesting thing with the way they've been doing these buyouts because, you know, the large ones get all this press, like Elysian, everything with Goose Island. But they've also been going and snatching up some of these smaller breweries that are pretty much very regional, if not just state-available 
breweries that don't have a large distribution footprint. Yeah, I mean, it's what is it? Uh, two weeks ago, we were talking about how Budweiser was doing the incentive program with a bunch of distributors, and it almost seems like the, this is um, this is like buying up small craft breweries so they have more to offer distributors in order to go in for that incentive program. So it just seems like that's their plan now, to gobble up small places. That way they have more to offer in their catalog. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a weird thing because you kind of, I feel like they're also almost doing it just kind of screw with people like, <laughs> <laughs> because like they're going big and small. You don't know what's coming next. Well, I think if you look at it, it's like they're going to have a local brewery now and that's going to incentivize yeah. local distributors to then go into this program. You know, you can have this brewery instead of saying, oh, we'll bring in Goose Island and you can distribute Goose Island. Mm -hmm. It's you can now have Four Peaks where maybe Four Peaks wasn't in a position that they could be in this particular distributor. No, there's a lot of it's an you know, it's very business oriented moves. They're not just kind of throwing a dart at a board and saying that burger looks good and just going after it like they, they are very much targeting where they want to be like they're, they're not overlapping states and like they're, they're going into specific regions and that's the thing though that's like the, like to take that dart analogy actually and like kind of flip the script on it I think they're in on any brewery. That's the thing, though. Yeah. I don't think it's almost like they're picking and choosing. They're just like, hmm, who's available? Who can we buy? Obviously, outside of like a place that's like super small or a place that has a bad rep, be like, who's available? Who wants to be part of this conglomerate family? And and if somebody's on board, then they'll come in. We'll, ne- you know, who who else is going to be next? Oh yeah, there's talks in New Belgium looking for. Uh, yeah, buyer, that was you know? that was kind of murmuring around. It, it's just it's going to be interesting because I you know you, you kind of are not really sure what goes on because at the end of the year sometimes it's either really quiet because everyone's just kind of getting ready for next year or there's like a flurry of activity to try to get stuff in for the end of the year tax write offs <laughs> or whatever they're trying to do. So th- there's it's kind of an interesting thought. Like I wasn't really sure where it was going because we're getting into holiday season. This is when things kind of tend to go quiet, but that came out. So we'll see. I mean. I guarantee the next year we're going to have plenty more to cover. I have this vision in my head of like a mixture of trading places in the Muppet, the old grumpy Muppet guys, like one-upping each other and be like, well, I just bought this brewery, so what are you going to do about that? You know what I mean? Just this, uh, this epic line of one-upmanship. It's going to be $1 bets for uh, the yeah. next brewery. Yeah. That comes. I bet you it can run this brewery into the ground in, in a month. Well, we have... On our glass now, one brewery that uh, I do not see ever going anywhere, and they are very proud about that, uh, from Sam Adams, their holiday porter. They they do some really awesome with this, old fizzy wig, um, just some really great beers I, I love having around for the holidays, and this is definitely one, just like a really classic 5.8 American porter, not overdone with anything crazy, just super easy drinking, smooth porter. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of my go-to Christmas or holiday or winter beers, whatever you want to call them, is Sam Adams, uh, their double. Box. I think yeah. it's one of the best made double box in, especially the United States, and it just reeks of Christmas for me. Yeah, the, the, there's the way that they do everything with being, you know, very lager oriented. How the, how they started, like a lot of their beers just tend to not even like intentionally go in that direction of being great for Christmas. They just are like they're not throwing in a ton of spices. Like you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of their beers that are these big spice bombs or anything like that. There's just subtle characteristics that make it great, and this is an example of that. Just like these really subtle coffee and chocolate notes in it, but not heavy-handed use of coffee and chocolate. It's just coming naturally through the malt and everything and just super easy drinking. This is a great one to have. Like, like The thing, to me, when I think of a good holiday beer, it's like can I picture myself <laughs> sitting by a fireplace with some Bing Crosby on enjoying this? And if I can say yes, then I enjoy this. Well, I can enjoy pretty much anything <laughs> with Bing Crosby, but uh, there's it, there's a... Uh, Oh, I've touched the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know it. <laughs> Derek's package in Bronx. Big Crosby always gets me. Um, but um, I did not know that. that. <laughs> you're learning so much. You're locked, I am. You're locked in a room with us now, buddy. You'll find out a lot of things. Um, Sam Adams, here's the thing. And not just Sam Adams, but there's, there's so many beers that try to be over the top with flavor. Um, that a lot of nuance is lost. And sometimes you want a beer that's really good, but also a beer that's for the moment that you're doing other things. And mm-hmm. it's not just all about the beer. Yeah. You want to drink a beer, you want to enjoy it, but you also want to talk to people and, yeah. and talk about other things and not have it be the center of attention. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a good thing. And especially for a holiday beer, you want that. You don't want to have the one that makes you the drunk sobbing yeah. in the corner yeah. after yeah. one yes. glass. <laughs> Sitting in the corner, <laughs> chugging on your glass of uh, let, let that happen. Pro- let that happen progressively throughout the night. Don't be right off the bat, like, 10 minutes in, like, oh, where's John? Oh, he's crying in the corner about everything that's going on this My year. family might hate me, but you love me, Black Tuesday. 
<laughs> oh, God. All right. On this note, I think we'll, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Nick Steven from Northern Brewer. We're going to talk a couple homebrew kits, some really good things going on with them. And uh, Stefan, sorry, Stefan. I'm not good with last names unless I hear it right away. So we're talking to Nick Stefan from Northern Brewer when we get back uh, about a lot of really cool things that they have going on. So we get into some home brewing and some more great beers when we get back here on WLK with the Beer Geeks. Built for business. Comcast Business is offering 25 megabits per second internet from $69.95 a month. That means if you're still using slow DSL from the phone company, you have a decision to make. Do you switch to Comcast Business and get more speed for faster downloads or stick with slow DSL and watch your business stutter from slow speeds? Do you get internet that stays fast when other people are online or keep using slow DSL and have your employees struggle with lag time? The choice is yours. Switch to Comcast Business and get 25 megabits per second of fast, reliable internet from just $69.95 a month or stick with slow DSL and get slower speeds and more downtime at work. Make the smarter choice. Ditch slow DSL and switch today. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 1231-15. Restrictions apply. Two-year contract and subscription to Comcast Business Voice and Business TV required. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. Your dad meets his friends for golf twice a week in the summer. He doesn't want that to change, even though he's about to have surgery that will require some rehabilitation. Kingston Healthcare Center can help. Let the dedicated and caring staff at Kingston Healthcare Center help him recover as quickly and safely as he can so dad can get back on the golf course. Kingston Healthcare Center is your best choice for recovery. It's their goal to return your loved ones to the highest level of functioning. Whether it's physical therapy, occupational therapy, or speech and language therapy, Kingston Healthcare Center staff will help every step of the way. Kingston Healthcare Center realizes that recovery is a process and works hard to make sure everything they do is in the best interest of their clients. Kingston Healthcare Center. Personal attention, proven results. For more information, call 570-285-5308. That's 570-285-5308. Or visit saberhealth.com today. Intercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants. Featuring White House Steak and Cheese, 312 East Elm Street, Scranton. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 730. Steak and Cheese, the way you like it, with toppings like bacon, hot or sweet peppers, and more. Plus, fresh cut fries. And the Iron Skillet Restaurant, DuPont. Open 24 hours, featuring a buffet and a full menu, including a 24-ounce porterhouse with soup and salad bar for $19.99. Cooking up fresh food served by friendly folks since 1975. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are back on the ice for their 17th season of hockey in Northeast Pennsylvania. Listen to all the action on the Penguins' flagship station, WILK News Radio. And he scores! Brought to you by Dodge. See your authorized Dodge dealer and experience a world of performance, design, and fuel efficiency. Go to Dodge.com and check out our powerful lineup. Catch every goal, save, and bone-crunching hit on WILK News Radio. Uh, we have all the hits here, I'll tell you that much. All them hits, baby. This is what you need for Christmas, the, the good stuff. You could have your Bing Crosby. <laughs> that. Yeah. As long as I get your package. <laughs> so we are joined now. We're going to get into a little bit of home brewing talk here. So we have on the phone with us uh, Nick Steffen from Northern Brewer. Nick, how you doing today, bud? Not bad yourself. Oh, we're doing good. We're having some beer, uh, enjoying, getting ready to enjoy the holidays. So, kind of ignoring some of the stress of it. <laughs> <laughs> trying to. Yeah, trying to. That's what the beer's for. <laughs> exactly. So, let's get into this a little bit now. Like this time of year for you guys with with homebrewing thing. What are kind of the more popular kits that people are picking up? Um, I mean, as far as uh, you know, starter kits are kind of the biggest thing that we have going right now. Um, you know, it's all we can do just to uh, to keep everything you know flowing out the door. And and this year we have a uh, we've switched our focus a little bit to uh, one gallon small batch kits. You know, people really want those for Christmas, and uh, we've got that with uh, you know a few different varieties of the one gallon. And then we also have um, what we uh, what we developed is the GoPro small batch starter kit, and that has you know everything you need all the way to the bottles to uh, to make your first one gallon batch of beer for those people who aren't. Um, you know, ready maybe to commit to the, the five-gallon level. So, now, as far as doing everything, what, what's kind of something you enjoy brewing this time of year as a personal favorite? Uh, we have a beer uh, called Festivus Miracle. 
actually. Uh, so like a spiced winter ale, and it's uh, it's pretty great for this time of year. Um, it's going to have nutmeg and a lot of different things going on in it. And, uh, you know, when you start to get these long, cold nights, it's a, it's a pretty great beer to sit down and curl up with and uh, kind of forget about everything else that's going on outside. <laughs> do, you, do you gather around the mash town and air your grievances? Or do any kind of, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the aeration of warts and grievances at the same time. <laughs> now, as far as, like, people getting into this, like you know, you're going to get a lot more people now this time of year that are just starting this out. What are some of the, the better styles or, or kits that are good for newbies to kind of get into before they decide to do a bourbon barrel? just quad or whatever craziness. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, the great thing about home brewing is that uh, one of the beers that's the most forgiving is the IPA. Um, and that's obviously what's so popular right now, what everyone's really getting into or having you know, their, some of their first craft experiences with the IPA. Uh, hops are super forgiving. Um, you know, they're going to hide a lot of uh, things that might have happened during the, you know, during the, the brewing process that you just weren't aware you should be doing. Uh, and uh, they'll cover all that kind of stuff up. If not, uh, you know, an IPA, something like a brown ale, um, something with a little bit more of a malt backbone is going to help cover up a lot of those uh, those flaws that can show up during your first uh, first couple of runs through it. So, now that, so, speaking of IPA stuff, I mean, that's something that you guys I know have issues with sometimes with hop issues, like trying to get stuff. But do you for like how far ahead do you guys know? Like, do you know what you're going to be having next year now? Do you already have that? organized or do you kind of find out like midway through or we knew what our hops were going to be six months ago it's one of those things unfortunately it's come down to a commodity market you know you really have to buy your hops um you know six months out from the new year uh, before harvest and and you reserve them with a grower and you're allotted this much hops um it might happen to where you can grab some hops down the road but you know generally speaking it's uh it's a it's a long lead kind of thing and some with some of these new hops that's why we uh, we can run out often because the, you don't know what the demand's going to be, and then all of a sudden everyone loves Citra. Well, we didn't know what Citra was a few years back, and so it took us a few years to catch up and get the growers to catch up and uh, be able to have the quantity on hand that we need. Wow. Right. So do you have actually like um, like you're constantly testing small batch new hops, stuff that doesn't even have names yet, trying to guess what's going to be the next big hop? Uh, we have a, a good relationship with uh, PSG here in town. And uh, they're really great about giving us some experimental new hops to come through and, uh, you know, some stuff that doesn't even have names yet. Yeah, like it'll be X23M, you know, that kind of thing coming from the universities. And uh, we are lucky and fortunate enough to have a good relationship with some of the producers so we can we can run, you know, hop teas or make some little small batch runs and put them on tap in the tap room um, and let the employees give them a run and see what we think. So do you guys have any new kits that you already know coming up in the new year? you have plans for new things? Oh, always plans for new things. I would say uh, the Northern Brewer newsletter, the email newsletter, is the best way to find out about that kind of stuff. But there's uh, there's always new kits dropping. Absolutely. So how, how can people sign up for the uh, the old newsletter? Uh, head to northernbrewer.com, and uh, right on the homepage is a spot to uh, to sign up for that newsletter, and then uh, we will we will be in touch. Uh, always good. Now, you guys are, uh, I mean, everybody's freaking out about barrel-aged stuff all the time now. Are you guys tr getting more in-depth with the amount of stuff you're going to do with that, like starting to produce your own, like, miniature barrels maybe, stuff like that to we actually do, give out to customers that are already, like, pre-soaked or anything like that? You know, um, barrel-aged stuff is tricky, right? I mean, it's really easy to overdo it, um, and it's one of those things you can easily over-oak a beer. Um we have where we have everything from you know you can buy a, a five gallon barrel from us or a twenty gallon barrel, or we have um, barrel replicas more or less, which are just oak stabs that have been toasted, and you can actually just drop those into your carboy. Um, again, I think you mentioned it. Don't start with an oak aged stout. <laughs> um, that's that's not it's not a great place to start off. Walk before off, you run, game. man. Walk before you run. Well, my third homebrew was an imperial stout. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or we have my buddy Joe's in. He just graduated Niagara College for uh, brewing, so he's uh, he's here listening in, getting some tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> so now what we have, I, I just poured up a little bit of the the second crack stout that I did, uh, that was based on your on your kit and everything. Now it, it's a really it's interesting to have that like the the flavor profile coming through. Like I'm I'm a coffee fiend. I will uh, pretty much anything you're gonna throw coffee and beer wise, I will try it. And just a big, I, I, was there kind of an inspiration behind this, like a beer that, that someone had that, that had an idea of doing that, or was it just another, you know, love of coffee and you wanted to work it in somewhere? 
love of coffee and a love of beer, right? I mean, uh, the two great beverages. So um, and we decided to roll them into one. And uh, we're fortunate enough to have um, a great coffee producer here in town, Peace Coffee, that we were able to partner with and uh, and get these, you know, get uh, get those beans in the kit. Um, no, it was just really uh, just a, a real love of beer um, and a love of coffee, and the two come together beautifully in that kit. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the one thing. I remember opening it up, like those aromas of it. That's what always makes me happy, just the aroma of the coffee. Now, one of the things that's interesting with doing this, like in the kit that you guys have for that, is is a grind and pitch of, of the coffee beans like directly into the wort. Like, there's a couple different ways of doing it, whether you brew a coffee, whether you do uh, cold brew coffee and add in. Like, what was, was there like a, a specific reason you guys went with doing it that way for the kits? Was it just because of replicating it on a larger level for home brewers or... You know, just consistency, and uh, I think it's really what it comes down to. You're right. You can do it a number of different ways. You could do uh, a coffee, a cold brew, and dump it in. You could um, uh, put the beans in there and let it, uh, let it, you know, kind of teabag on the beans for a while. Um, there are all those options, but really, I think it was just a consistency. We put, we picked one of the methods that we knew worked, and um, and went with that for the instructions. We, we, we don't like to include a lot of vagary in the instructions. We want to make sure people have a, have the instructions to succeed, I guess, put it that way. So for that's pretty much why. Yeah. No, I can see that. And I, I will tell you, it, it came out very well. I enjoy it, and I will take no credit for it at all because uh, <laughs> I do not have any skills to take any credit for it. I can read and replicate what I'm reading, and that's it. So I can make a soup. <laughs> that's about the extent of it. That's beer, baby. Yeah, but it came out really good. I'm, I'm really impressed with it, uh, really enjoying it. Um, I know we have a gift card we're going to be giving away from you guys very soon. I know our, our listeners are anxiously awaiting that one because they swallowed it up last time. But really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Nick. Uh, we have some other beers we're going to work through. But enjoy your holiday. Thanks, buddy, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Later. Bye. So that was uh, good old Northern Brewer. We had them on a while ago talking about some homebrew stuff, like a really great online thing. I get a lot of kits from there myself and Brewer Blower stuff. That's really where I kind of started out was getting some stuff from them. And uh, they always, their kits are great. They're, they're super, as I said, like it is making soup. And it is like you get everything. When you get a kit from them, it is spelling out everything you need to do that if you can read, you should be pretty good. If you, well, if you can read and you know how to add water to things. And they have everything <laughs> from, from the beginner to yeah. the top. So if you want to work yourself up, you have somebody. In, yeah, you and you know, can do liquid liquid mall extract. You can get into the all grain. You, you can get everything you need through them, which is cool. Like, and every step of the way as you grow, like that's the, that's the thing that kind of gets tough to some people. Is like When you first get into home brewing, you can get just a couple small things that you need to enjoy and then work your way into it. But as you start to grow and get you know need larger equipment, that's where it kind of gets a little expensive. But if you know what you're doing and know where you're going to go and you can kind of work your way in the right way, you're not spending too much. And knowing that you're getting um, quality goods, I guess you how you put it. Yeah. There's, there's so much variance in, in the quality of grain and hops and a whole night. And I mean, yeah. you deal with a company like that that has to stake pretty much their whole reputation on the quality of the product they're giving out to people. You're, more times than not, many more times than not, you know you're going to get uh, yeah. good stuff. And that, that's what's great with the kits, too. It's like when you're first getting into it, you might be kind of intimidated about, like, you know, it's when you're first getting into cooking, like you're, you might be a little timid about adding spices to stuff because you don't know how much to do or things like that. When you get these kits from them, it's completely spelled out. Like, you're really not going to screw it up. Everything's right there. Tells you exactly how much it is. It's portioned out correctly. So it's super easy to do. And then, like, a lot a lot of people, like, you do that. You follow a recipe, whether it be for beer or for cooking. Then after a while, you get a feel for what it is. So it's not so much that you're just going to want to be walked through every single step of the brewing process your whole life. But it kind of gives you a baseline where to go from because... You're never going to make an awesome new beer. You never go outside the line. So, yeah. But it's nice to know what the root is so you don't screw up. Because yeah. you know, if you screw up three or four times out the shoot, you're just going to be disenchanted and yeah. you're like, screw you, this, you, I can't do it anymore. I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to screw oh, up yeah. a yeah. bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that's, has to happen. But it's like if you're just starting out and you're unfamiliar with that and it screws up, you begin to even question... If you know what you're doing wrong, that's the toughest thing is when you're first starting is figuring out where in the process did I screw up? And even larger brewers still have to work with that in a lot of levels on, on depending on where their equipment's at is like figuring out where did this go wrong and how to correct it. And you hear those horror stories from like all the larger when we had like uh, Tony McGee from Lagunitas on here talking about like that's how brown sugar came about total screw up of a uh, barley wine that just didn't finish out. So they dumped a crap ton of 
brown sugar into it. There's the name. And like that, that's what winds up happening. Like they didn't, cause he didn't know what was going on. Like that was the whole thing is like they're brewing these large batches. I mean, Lagunitas at that time was not what they are now, but they were still a up and running brewery and they didn't, they couldn't really, the whole reasoning behind it was, I think Tony's a cheapskate and he'll be the first to admit that one uh, and didn't want to dump the barley wine. Yeah. And was trying to figure out there's got to be a way to save, save this. Because yeah. I can't yeah. afford to dump this. So they just went and bought a bunch of brown sugar, dumped it in, and it's become a hugely popular beer for them, all from a screw up. And there's a plethora of other breweries, I'm sure, that have a similar story to that. Well, everybody, Joe, what's the what's the one thing you did to save a beer? Uh, Craziest what? thing. Um, Jumped in. <laughs> no, I, I have Wild yeast! Um, <laughs> mostly just sugar. Yeah. Just putting sugar in. Sugar, baby. To, uh, that's all you just keep <laughs> gravity up, you know? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the number one save for everything is just, well, just add some sugar into it and get it uh, livened up again and keep going. Yeah. That's like the, the trick for a lot of it. It's just trying to find those flavors. But that's what's interesting with home brewing. Like, it does seem intimidating on the outside when you're not used to doing that because it seems like this mysterious thing that happens with beer that you don't quite understand that it's just there. But as you get into it, it's so easy. It's just I can't emphasize that enough, like how easy it is to really get into it. I can do it. I can I can barely <laughs> tie my shoes in the morning. <laughs> but it's it's like a really good thing, and they're a great uh, company. And that's why I said we're going to be giving away a, a gift card coming up for any home brewer in your life. You're definitely going to want to get that one, and it's more than enough to get yourself a kit and start this out right and start killing it in the new year. And speaking of killing it, we have in our glass now from Two Roads. This is their holiday ale. Now, we had uh, uh, brewmaster Phil Markowski on the show a few months back, and he was talking about he has a huge Belgian background. He literally wrote the book on farmhouse ales for brewers publications and uh, really knows his stuff when it comes to the, the Belgian area. And this was his take kind of on the beer de Gart, which is like a French beers influence style. Uh, not a Saison as that, but it, it just has like this kind of table beer taste to it. But it's a 7.3%, so it's a little bigger. Yeah. Um, but that's usually where they fall in. Yeah, it actually, like coming from Two Roses makes a lot of sense because, I mean, he wrote the book and Saisons, yeah. and to me, this tastes like a malt forward Saison. That's kind of like the vibe I'm yeah. getting off of it. Um, maybe almost like a honey malt, maybe or something yeah. like that. I, I was getting more of like a lager feel off. Yeah, of it, it does have that that, that yeah. like qualities of like just like a really well lagered beer. Like the, the way this malt sits, it has that smooth quality to it. It's a really interesting take because like beer de Gard is another one of those Belgian styles that seems to be all over the place. Like it depends on what the brewer had as intentions behind it because sometimes you'll have these really crisp ones that are, are fresh. Sometimes you'll have ones that have this really candy, almost like maple syrup sweetness to it. Like it just it's an all over the place type of style that a lot of different breweries try, but it's not one of those styles that has really taken off like a Saison or things like that. Like a lot of breweries have attempted them, but they seem to kind of be in the background of a lot of things, not because they're not done well. It's just that's there's a big gap, leeway in in what you can do with mm-hmm. a beer to guard too. It can it can vary quite differently. Do you know what I mean? If you have this beer to guard as opposed to like up in um, Canada's Oast House is almost like a Belgian style double their their beer to guard is, but then you have like Smutty Nose makes their um, uh, their Christmas mistletoe, which is a beer to guard, which is almost like a uh, like a raspberry fruit. Belgian well, beer, so it's like there's a leeway in the in the I style. I feel like that's that's farmhouse sales in general. There's yeah, such yeah. a leeway. Yeah, in all yeah. Of I think that's just just on the historical of it because it was always basically whatever gets in this from out in the wild is yeah. what's in this, and whatever we have available at the time of harvest is what's going in the beer. So it was always kind of a left wide open style, which is one of those things. You know, when you get into BJCP stuff. Those are the styles that are really wide open for interpretation for a lot of them. Whereas a lot of the other ones, they try to narrow them down as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. But these are just left a little more open. I think that's just historically because it was just brewed in barn. <laughs> so you're getting that uh, barnyard flavor that is actually in a lot of them. But it's just this wild yeast coming through, which is a really interesting thing. Yeah, just a beautiful, sessionable Belgian or French-style beer is basically what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely one you could see sitting down, especially with, like, uh, holiday meals, like these really hearty ham or, or, like, a roasted chicken or something like that. It would be like really good with that, just, it, like, the, the it, sweetness in this. It doesn't drink 7%, though. No, Either it's, no, like, it more like 5%. It's something you feel like you can crush a bunch of but then get in trouble because you forgot <laughs> yeah. how high the ABV was. It's 7.3. That's never happened which, <laughs> it's no, never, never happened to any of us. I remember. <laughs> well, said <laughs> but that, that's what's nice is it's 7.3 because some some belgian especially the uh american interpretations tend to get as we've said really big sometimes unnecessarily big yes well, that's kind of everything america yeah. you tack american in front of any style it's bigger on something 
Yeah, that's we just uh, <laughs> if we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it right. <laughs> I guess that's how we're. And uh, but this is nice. It's still because you can tell with his uh, background and influence from everything in that region. Like he really knows what he's doing and what he wants it to be, and goes into it with that intention. With all the stuff that they do, uh, Belgian wise, like we had uh, their saison on there. We had their what was the the lighter the. Workers we had comp. Rosemary's Baby. We had um, a bunch of a bunch we had of the workers comp. Yeah. That was that was the saison. That was like a, a table saison. That was like four or something percent. Like a really yeah. light, like going for that traditional saison because that's what you want in those really light beers. And to see them be able to just kind of work. And he does. I mean, the, the variation that they have is incredible. And even now they have uh, in the like for the winter season they have a black IPA that's incredible. I mean, they, they just kind of are all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you just go back and listen to the show. It's a guy that you could talk to. You could probably do like a oh, five-hour show yeah, with him and still have and not work. even have a clue. what the, you, you, <laughs> yeah. You're still just getting into everything because he just had so much knowledge from everything that was going on. And it shows in his beers very, very much. It just shines through. And talking to him, like you just know that that well runs very, very deep. And I don't think we would ever... In the history of our show, be able to fully crack that whole thing because there's just so much, and just in the Belgian region, I would say probably is just like there's so much there. Yeah, and, and when we we did the show, it was about three months ago, I want to say. Um, they just got in the Philly market, and if you go down towards um, you know Lehigh Valley, Quakertown, Reading area, you start seeing two roads in PA, which yeah. is pretty cool. No, they're going to be all of them, and you're going to see them expanding more and more, and they're a great brewery. I highly recommend getting any of their stuff when you see it around. But uh, for now, let's do. Our super special giveaway. Uh, I, it, it's going to take me too long to list everything that I is crammed in that Just box. One person gets it all. Is one that person. Is? We're going to do one person gets this whole shebang. You're getting a ton of glassware. Color eighty three. Color nine thousand. No, 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 no. We're going to get a ton. You're going to get a ton of glassware. Only if you come in and answer the phones. You're going to get a ton of glassware. You're getting shirts, hats, bottle openers. If you have a beer fridge and need stickers, you have more than enough. Uh, I, there's there's a ton of stuff. And on top of all of that. You're going to get a $50 gift certificate for Northern Brewer. So this is like the perfect gift for a beer lover in your life. So we're going to do it. We're going to give away to caller number seven. We'll do it to caller seven today. So call 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. Caller number seven wins my huge package for Christmas full of beery <laughs> gifts. And we'll be back here on WILK with the Beer Geeks right after this. Did winter bills get you down last year? Heating bills? Cold nights? Well, don't let this happen again to you. The Martin D. Popke Apartments are for senior citizens 62 years and older or mobility impaired. Our residents are always warm in the winter and cool in the summer. All utilities are included with the very affordable rents. At Martin D. Popke Apartments, you get comfort, convenience, and savings. You can walk to shopping, dining, and entertainment, and places of worship. Public transportation is at the front door or two blocks to the transportation center. You are less than two miles to malls and popular department stores. Martin D. Popke Apartments also offer a computer room, a beauty salon, and a laundry room all on premises. They have planned activities and social gatherings. They are pet-friendly with size restrictions. See the value? The past winter was very costly, so don't pay to stay warm this winter. Immediate occupancy is available on studios and one-bedroom apartments. Income restrictions do apply. Call Martin D. Popke Apartments at 570-825-8594. That number again is 570-825-8594. The statements and views of this advertiser do not represent the views or opinions of this station. Science on life after death experiences. God said, man said.com. Dragons swallow evolution. Slam Satan's secret door. God said, man said.com. God on the power of going to church. Saints prepare for departure. Archaeology certifies Bible. Miracles and all. Hours of text and audio. God said, man said.com. Not available in California. Listeners, do you have startup capital and want to invest in a business with incredible profit potential? Fresh Healthy Vending, the number one healthy vending franchise in North America, is growing fast, and we're looking for people right here in the local area to become Fresh Healthy Vending franchise owners and help our business continue to boom. If this sounds like you, we'll send you a free owner information kit. As an added bonus to new franchise owners, we'll also pay half the franchise fees. Just go to readyforfresh.com and enter code 2000. That's readyforfresh.com, code 2000. It's the 2015 end-of-year clearance event going on now. Buy any new or pre-owned from Dixon City Hyundai and make no payment till March. 
March 2016. And check this out. For the first 50 cars sold in this event, receive a $500 gift card for your holiday shopping. Courtesy of the number one volume Hyundai dealer in Northeast PA, Dixon City Hyundai. New 2016 Hyundai Elantra SE, lease for only $119 per month. Or the all-new redesigned 2016 Hyundai Tucson, $239 per month. Save up to $7,000. And zero down delivers on all new 2015 and 2016 Hyundais with 0% financing and a $500 gift. Happy holidays. Dixon City wants your trade, regardless of balance owed or condition. Pre-owned payments from $99 a month with as little as $29 down. It's the 2015 year-end clearance event going on now only at Dixon. Dixon. Dixon City Hyundai. 81 to exit 191A, just past the Viewmont Mall on the left. Call 1-800-HYUNDAI. All leases 36 months, 12,000 miles per year, 1999 due at signing. Tax and tax extra. All rebates to dealer. You can check out all the details at DixonCityHyundai.com. This is WILK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. Feel the the, heart, the warmth of the hearts this and is, hearts. This is the meaning of the season right here. Little little drummer boy. <laughs> yes, this is off of a brutal Christmas a comp yes. album. If you, if you loved if you love your Christmas music heavy, then you want to grab it's beginning that one. to smell a lot like a brutal Christmas. <laughs> Oh, the good time. So we have to give a congratulations to Alan Morrow. Picked up this huge package of mine for Christmas. Is it a um, is it a hodgepodge or a plethora of, of packages? <laughs> I think it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. What is a plethora, El Jefe? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there, there is a, a, a ton of stuff in there. I mean, that's perfect for if that's for you or if it's for loved ones, whatever. Congratulations. Uh, there's a lot in there, and you'll be able to fully enjoy the season and even host a small party with the amount of class where you have in there for yourself. Yeah. So a good time. But uh, we just poured into our glass. Now, we, we've had this. I had this on the show last year for a holiday thing, and um, we had a variation when we did our pumpkin. This is from Ninkasi. This is their Slayer. Uh, and we, we talked about that on here before previously. The, the logo is very Slayer-esque, as in the thrash metal band. Um, but it's a really awesome double alt beer. We did the a pumpkin Slayer, and we had our pumpkin showcase. This is the base beer. This is what started it all, was just this one. And what was the? It says on the side, what was the first year this was brewed? It has it on there. I think it was 2013. Or t- it was uh, enjoyed since 2009. Nine, okay. Yeah, so it's been around for a while. It's, yeah, it's been, it, it's been one of those beers that has slowly built up like this huge reputation for them. Like Ninkasi has like a wide range of great beers, and we had them on the show. Uh, I don't know, everyone's kind of... I, I'm not good with time and place. A while ago, did they yeah. do any other? Uh, did they do any other variations of that, or just the pumpkin? I wouldn't be surprised if they if they do at the brewery. Mm-hmm. The, the pumpkin that was this year was the first time they've released that. They've okay. done that before, so I'm sure they have other variants of this. I can't see how they wouldn't because yeah. this has been like a fairly popular one for them. And you can get Ninkasi around here. It's uh, drips and drabs, not a ton. But if you look, you can actually yeah, find they, them. Yeah, they were one of those, like, they haven't circled us for a long time, and a lot of it has kind of bled down into this region. Um, like, their Tricera hops is one a lot of people have loved. That's still, I love that double IPA. Really nice, solid, multi double IPA, but has this really wonderful finish to it. Um, but this is just like a really good, it, it's an alt beer, which is a, a German style, but a little bit not, it, it kind of... It's almost like a hybrid of like an ale and a lager, the way it comes across. It, it's got those malts, but it's a little more of like a, a brown ale kind of, almost like a brown ale meets a, a traditional lager, the way the style is. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not to make it super generic, but it's like if you ever had a Bakken and you had a double Bakken, there's a varying difference, but you can still get the similar uh, the familiarity yeah. of the Bakken. There's the same thing with an alt and a double alt. This one just kind of, the spices just stick in your tongue and they don't leave. You know, it's kind of just lingers there for me. It's got like a bite to it that just kind yeah. of sits there and sinks its teeth in. It's like an earthy kind of herbly hops, hoppiness or something like that that's fun. No, fun. It's, a, it's a really good one to have, like, you know, because a lot of people, when they're getting into craft beer, come at it from. Eh, maybe a, a generic uh, version of German beer styles, but that's where a lot of them are coming into is from some German beer styles. So when you get uh, some of these like craft beer takes on those German styles that are played up a little bit, like this is vastly different than some of the macro beers are going to be out there, but it, it just kind of really falls in line with those and are good introductory beers for people that are getting into craft beers, just following something that has somewhat of a German influence to play with those things. And this is definitely a big play on it because a lot of... The one thing you will probably never, well, I shouldn't say never, uh, you will have never seen in the past leading up to possibly soon, uh, you're not going to see many German 
breweries doing double versions of anything. <laughs> like, that's not what they do. No. no, I mean, but it's changing a lot. Yeah, it's There's changing so a lot. Now, Stone is over there, too. So, I mean, they have a brewery in Berlin. So, I mean, Stone has invaded <laughs> and uh, some of the hops actually coming out of Germany are getting pretty wild. Like, you, you always think of Germany, you think of yeah, SNL Dieter, do you know what I mean? And it's rockets. <laughs> but um, now it's like you're getting all these really experimental, over-the-top kind of hops. And, and just kind of like you you repress such a huge beer community yeah. for so long, and then you open the gates. You just have this yeah. groundswell of all these people is wanting to do different things. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. It, it's one of those, if you're not familiar, they have a, a thing called the Reinheitsche Boat, which they fo- they have followed to a T, which actually, it's interesting, historically, when you go back in that, that used to not even include yeast in the yeah. Reinheitsche Boat. Like, that was well, not, they didn't know what yeah, yeast they had, was. Yeah, they didn't understand what that was. They it was to, a miracle from God. It, it was yeah. a miracle stick. That's what was funny. They, they used to think that it was this these brewing sticks that they used to use. And that was what they thought, like, there was some kind of magic in these sticks. Like, no, it was wild yeast that was <laughs> embedded into those sticks. And, but they would just reuse the stick all the time. Yeah. And then they eventually figured out, like, hey, genius, there's <laughs> something going on there. And they included yeast into it. But the, the, it's just very strict laws of what can go on beers. And they have followed that to a T. Much to, like, now it's starting to change, I think, because they're seeing what's happening in the rest of the world. And they're, they're definitely losing out on some stuff because some people are, are not looking for that anymore. They were very the newspaper industry. They were just like, mm-hmm. we're we the kings of the kings. Mm-hmm. We do it this way. We're awesome. Follow yeah. us. And they, they they fought that to the point where now they're like, wait a minute. We're kind of being left behind yeah. here. So we either need to change and evolve or we're just going to be... Yeah, and you're, you're going to start to see you're going to start to see a lot more of that coming out of Germany from some of these traditional breweries because it's also because you're starting to see a changing of the guard because a lot of those breweries are family based breweries and have been you know just passed down over the generations and you're starting to see the new guard coming in that have this influence on what's going on in the rest of the world and want to be a part of that. Yeah, I think they just um, I think Stones Brewery poured their first pint like two or three. Weeks yeah, just ago. not that long ago. So. Yeah, they just got going on that one. That was an interesting thing because. To see that jump from them to to, to go to, into Germany, like of, of all the places, because they, they had announced a little before they, they finally said they're going to be in Berlin that they were going to Europe. They were putting a brewery in Europe, and there was all this talk on where, and I think very few people thought Germany, because that seemed like, of all the places, with everything, how that country's been... And especially for stone, it's like yeah. you're going to go into a country that's <laughs> fairly restrictive on and beer. Like, and they do not care about anything yeah. with that kind of stuff, which was like, why? But, I mean, if you're going to go into Germany, Berlin's a place to go to mm-hmm. do that. It's a little more progressive. Um, and they've just, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they do over this year, where that goes for them and how much that influences the whole country around it. Because you know people are going to go just because it's an interesting experiment mm-hmm. you know, if you I mean I, don't, I haven't really seen much of the brewery like what it looks like I don't know if it's as beautiful as like the, their California the way everything's laid out there is just in, incredible and like very like it has to be top notch I can't see I mean, how it wouldn't be I mean, especially if you're going to Germany and like you know the, the architectural like you know, engineering capital of everything, where things have to be slick and lean, and and the the lines have to. I, I can't see how they wouldn't go in with the, the same ethos of, of how they want to lay things out, and, yeah. and like the whole like vibe of the whole German thing. I mean, that's kind of like it's, it's the same way. Uh, it's it's not that Dieter Sprockets thing. It's very open. It's very. <laughs> I just love your, It's a very. I just keep thinking because you because you know. Oh yeah, I can picture um, it in my head. <laughs> but it's it's not that. That's like an old. It's almost like joking about like Cold War kind of era stuff. But if you look at it, it actually makes sense them going there because it really is a hub because mm-hmm. travel is so cheap in Europe and then you yeah. talk about from Ireland to Greece I mean you're lo- talking about a centralized location where people can go in you're not going to go into Berlin or yeah. not Berlin sorry you're not going to go into Belgium why you're not going to compete with that you know what I mean yeah. like there's so much progressiveness there England you know you could do that but then pricing point yada 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 so you go into um, you just go into Germany it just kind of makes sense you know what I mean to be at the forefront of that new kind of groundswell of, of awesome yeah. beerness. Yeah, and it's going to continue to grow. And it just it's it's interesting to see because for the longest time, uh, America was looked at as the wasteland for beer compared to the rest of the world. And you see that they, every, I think nearly, a lot of people still think that. They yeah, just don't that's see a, what it's, else it's we an have. interesting thing to see because nearly every brewery we've had on that would be considered kind of a, a forefather for the craft beer industry. 
every one of them was influenced by going overseas, wanting to replicate something similar and bringing it back. Mm-hmm. And now it's interesting to see that it's it's reversed, where people now are taking what they've they're seeing here in America and taking it beer wise to the rest of the world and changing the views because a lot of them still think of it as this the crappiest beer. That's what they remember because I mean, think of if you've been to a country once and you had a bad experience with something, that's all you know. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. that's with you for 30, 40 years, whatever it is. I think it was last year, even um, uh, you know, Brew Dogs they did a show with James Watt and mm-hmm. um, Martin Dickey. And I think they went with uh, James uh, Couch. They went over to Germany to actually tour the facility. Before it was, they just bought it. It was just an empty warehouse. So they were walking around with them. And they went on the street and they actually started asking people about what. What do you think about American beer? And they're like, oh, it's very un- unimaginative and bland, and we make the best beer in the world. And they're like, this is last year. Yeah. So they yeah, still, really. you know what I mean? Yeah. Even there, they think, oh, we're. You know this progressive. I'm pretty sure on that same beer. show when they like when they ran down all the bars. I'm pretty sure on one of the shots I saw a Hop Devil in a cooler. <laughs> that's what's interesting too. Like all if all the breweries we've had on this year, like talking to them, like the the countries that they've chosen to go in have been so crazy to hear. Like I mean, especially Sweden has become this like hub for all, all the craft breweries. Distribution. Like, it seems yeah. like everybody's breaks in. Sweden first. It, it's yeah. just it's become this really interesting thing to see, and and how that's influencing the country because you know you're going to start to see a lot more breweries, and there have been like a lot more breweries popping up in some of these areas where they're getting like even Australia has become a very progressive like craft beer thing because a lot of craft breweries have decided to start distributing there. Well, that and and it's almost like they have to because it seems like I would say over the next year or two, like 80% of the new school hop is coming from the southern hemisphere, yeah. specifically New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. You have all these super juicy crazy hops people covet are coming down there. So, I mean, we're ha- going to have to go down there and get oh, it God, somehow. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, we're on to something that's not super hoppy, but is absolutely incredible. Um, now, we had Hardywood on and that was another one of those shows where if you listen close, you could hear us drooling. Um, just a really great, great brewery. Um, what they really built their name on, and people really know them from, is their gingerbread stout, which is absolutely incredible, and one of the perfect beers to have around the holidays. This is Christmas morning. Now, what this is, is their gingerbread stout uh, with some fresh coffee added into it. And I, I mean, I've already said it before in the show, you throw coffee in any kind of beer, I'm, I'm on board to try it. And uh, yeah, I'm a little biased because I, I love coffee, uh, but this this is absolutely. I'm kind of angry because how oh, good no. it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like, want to punch wait, myself. Yeah, so- no, seriously, I'm kind of like <laughs> like angry at it. Like I want to fight it. Um, well, before we <laughs> before you now know how Matt's mind works. <laughs> before we started the show, we're, before we started the show, we were talking about like about about the beers we had on, and I was like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see with the gingerbread stout and with mm. the coffee. The coffee's like this, like. Like chocolate covered coffee. Yeah. It's like this really rich, like yeah, it's not bitter like, at all. And, and, no. and it's and it's like some kind of mocha coffee, but not in like a, it's almost like a cold, like ice creamy kind of yeah. coffee to where it just complements the gingerbread so well that we're just gonna have to fight. <laughs> we're gonna have to fight. Me and That's this just how it is. Fight. <laughs> yeah. No, I I just like the idea when I first heard about them. Like the idea of that is because the gingerbread stout, if you haven't had it, is is. Not overly sweet. I think that's what some people have in their head when they see some of these beer names of what they're supposed to be like, and they think of something super sweet. And like, it's not. It, it's really well balanced, and it has touches of honey in it, and it has like those spices that are subtle in in like a gingerbread cookie. But it's creamy. It's like a milk stout base, and then to take that and to add coffee into it. I, uh, when I first saw that, I'm like, I know it's gonna. That those flavors make sense to me. Um, and it's just like it's it's absolutely it's one of those beers like now I'm kind of like uh, it's uh, yeah. it, it's it's really good like, I don't know like it's kind of hard to like say too much because there's just so much in this and the, the coffee is just so well done and they actually do and George was out there yesterday at the brewery when they had the release of this but they do a Kentucky uh, whiskey a cup, Kentucky bourbon barrel aged version of this is that what it is Kentucky yes yeah yeah and um he picked up that they have a Kentucky Christmas morning and they actually. Also, just yesterday, released their apple brandy gingerbread stout, which is gingerbread stout Asian apple brandy barrels. And that is my favorite barrel, so, yeah. George. I just had the, uh, George when <laughs> I just had the uh, bourbon barrel uh, gingerbread stout yesterday. What did uh, you think of that? I thought it was pretty good. I, this is way better. I think mm-hmm. the um, it, came, it came across as a little uh, medicinal, uh, and I don't know if that was just the barrel. I actually yeah. wasn't getting a whole lot of barrel to it, but this is 
yeah, way better. Is, yeah. I think the coffee melds really well with the spices compared to the barrel melding yeah. with the spices. They're, they're so, like, Hardywood has been really, like we've said on here, too, like they just kind of came out of nowhere and are yeah. just crushing it with these, any of these, these beards that they're putting out there in the bottles and everything, I mean, it, they just have such a key idea in their head when they're doing this and know how to execute it. They, and they've, and like, the touch on that, like, they've just came out of nowhere. Pretty much right now is when they hit the area. They've only been here a year. Because mm-hmm. it was right before Christmas last mm-hmm. year. You saw, you well, what's gingerbread. this gingerbread stout yeah. thing on the shelf? Be like, well, we should grab some of that. And then now it almost seems like they're just everywhere yeah. at all times with amazing beers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they didn't come out of the blue like that, but they came out of the blue in this area. So yeah. just to see like that, it goes to show you that how many beautiful breweries there are. There's breweries like that that we don't even know about. They're just yeah. on the cusp of the area. So. And, they're, and they're one of those breweries, too, that, that, you know, some will build up a name and a reputation on one or two beers, and then kind of the other stuff is a little lackluster. They have, like, a wide, huge portfolio of different styles, and they even I've even said it when we had them on the show, like, their cream ale is still one of my favorite cream ales that I have ever had, and it is absolutely incredible. So if you can, you can brew up a world-class cream ale and then go out and hit it out of the park with these, like, barrel-aged and, and, you know, all these large, huge beers and be right across the board amazing, that's showing that that brewer knows what he's doing because that is not an easy feat to be able to to hit all of those right notes across the board. Well, when we had him on the show, I mean, when we were talking to the person we talked to, I I forgot his name who we talked to, but, like, they were so world traveled figuring out what kind of yeah. beers they wanted to do. So it wasn't like they were like, let's make a beer, let's figure it out. They are like, okay, let's go everywhere we possibly can and kind of just expose ourselves to Belgium, to Germany, to England, to whole nine and figure out what we want to do from there and then come back. And you can see that in the beer. They're yeah. just, they're not a one-trick pony and it's so well made. It's just kind of, I yeah, want to fight it. You're, <laughs> you're going to start to really see them grow more and more too as they go because even yesterday when, when George was down there, he sent Matt and I photos of like the line and it was just like, yeah. holy, like a four and a half hour wait for these beers to be released. And it's like, that's incredible because you know, that's, that's most because they don't have a large distribution footprint. And like it's just word of mouth from so many people because they're they're one of those beers like when you try them you want other people like that that's to, to me the mark of a really great brewery is when you try something it's it's not like oh I want to hoard it all like yeah there's people like that and they're called idiots and jerks yeah. but there, there's share it. <laughs> yeah it's when you yeah. get something you're like I want to share it with other people I want other people to enjoy this as much as I do because I know they will yeah and that's the mark of a really great brewery that's the mark of Christmas baby yeah. there you go now, do you, you guys know, find it, is, it you know? a little odd for a brewery like I. I would imagine that Hardywood is a fairly bigger brewery like in regards to their mm-hmm. brew house. Do you think it's odd that there was such a long wait for something like this that like you I could probably they, have gotten well into that day? Yeah. You know? I, it's, I think it just people get, especially around the holidays, people get super excited and they, you know, for some reason we, we excuse long lines, I think, even more around this. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's, 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 a, there's the people who want to get beer and share it. There's people who want to get beer and hoard it. Mm. And then there's there's a, a huge sect of people who just want to be that person in line. Like that's yeah. almost like a almost like a culture within itself now. They want to get a badge. They well, they want to get a badge or they just want to be there. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Whatever they are. Whatever your whatever tickles your fanny, that's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> let's see, we got fanny package so, um fighting. <laughs> we're working everything, everything it's into Christmas. This. So uh next week we're gonna have on the show our uh kind of end of year in review, taking a look at a couple beers. We'll work down our lists, we'll make up even of our, our favorite beers from the year. Uh, a lot of really good things that happened this year. And uh so we're gonna be covering all that like next week with some really great beers from all over and uh covering some of our guests that we had on year in review. Uh, with through beer, we'll put it that way. So until next week, everybody have a great Christmas. Enjoy yourself and uh, drink on on through the holiday. <laughs> Happy holidays, baby! <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Um,